Welcome to a place where we focus on how to build better versions of ourselves, learn to solve problems in our everyday circles, and inspire us to take action as leaders. Welcome to the Big Things Done Podcast. Hey guys, what is going on? Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Things Done Podcast. My name is Andrew Glover. I am your host. I am excited that you're here with me today because I want to talk about a topic that is oftentimes very misconstrued and honestly, it's kind of confusing. Uh, I want to talk about work-life balance. Uh, you've probably heard this term before, especially if you're new to the workplace or maybe you've transitioned jobs a few times. Like the idea of having a good work-life balance uh, is something that's very important to you. It's something that we, and I, when I say we, I mean a lot of people in the millennial generation, it's kind of maybe that younger generation um, or middle-aged, right? We we value very strongly the concept of balancing both our work and our career with our personal life, right? Whether that's our personal hobbies or goals or time with our family, time with our friends. Like we need to balance those. For us, that's very important. And I want to talk today, and I'm going to keep this episode a little bit shorter, but I want to talk today about some misconceptions um, that we kind of have in our society of what a work-life balance is. And I want to talk to you about some lessons that I've learned to properly navigate and manage that work-life balance. Uh, and I'll get into some of those details and why it matters uh, later on in the episode. So first off, you know, work-life balance, right? It's all about the idea of not spending all this time at work and missing things in your personal life, right? Whether again, that's, whether it's your family, your friends, or uh, maybe it's a personal hobby of yours, like uh, physical fitness or you know creating something, a side hustle, whatever that might be. And the idea behind it, or you know, the intent behind having a good work-life balance, I, I think is awesome, right? It it, it really sp- stems out of the idea that. We don't want to be a slave to our job. We don't want to have the only thing in our life, right, where we spend a majority of our time be our careers, be our our jobs that we go to. Now, obviously, we should find passion. We should find um, strong uh, motivation and fulfillment in the jobs that we are in, right, in the careers that we have. And, And if you don't find that, right, you need to go find something that you do have passion and drive and fulfillment in. But at the same time, our jobs don't define us. Like our careers don't define us. Even if you're a professional, right? There's a lot of people out there who, uh, in my line of work, right, as a, as a dental student, right, a lot of people, especially who are older, say, "Well, you know, you're a you're a dentist, right?" And that's the end of the discussion. Like, man, that's that's not me. Like, I'm not just a dentist, right? I'm a guy who has worked extremely hard, who loves to be a leader. I happen to be a dentist, but I also like to do other things as well. Like, I am not defined by my career, and I think that's a big transition that the millennial generation really kind of brought to the world, at least our our American society, the concept that, you know what, there's more to life than just working super hard at our career and at our job. And so because of that, right, kind of out of that was born this idea of having a solid work-life balance. And I think it's a really good idea. It's a good concept. It's something you and I should be thinking about constantly and evaluating to make sure that our heading is in the right direction. Well, let me tell you right now, one of the things that I think is a very big misconception in our world today when it comes to work-life balance, right? And it's, it's the idea that work-life balance is like a perfectly level seesaw, right? So if you envision a seesaw at a playground, right, or you can just hold your hands up right in front of your, 
your face, right? And if you put them on the same level, right, we have work on one side and your personal life on the other, right? Let's say that's the time that you spend at both of those, at work and your personal life. The, the idea of an ideal work-life balance, right, is that at any given time, the amount of time you spend at work and the amount of time you spend at home are the same, right? They're, they're equal, they're level. That, that seesaw is completely and perfectly balanced. Well, let me tell you what, that is not true or even close to realistic, right? And there's a couple reasons for it. Number one, life just happens to be up and down all the time. And, and there are going to be times where you're going to be demanded to spend more time at work or you're going to be demanded to spend more time at home, right? And that's okay. I think one thing that we need to realize, especially for people like us, right, who are listening to this podcast, Big Things Done, right, is that we are type A people who want to go make things happen, right? We are people who don't back down from a challenge. We purposefully seek out opportunities to make something happen, to go do things that most people aren't doing. And when we do that, right, that requires us to spend a lot of time, effort, and energy to make that happen. We are not the type of people who could go to work, see a problem, think about it for a little while, and then just go home, right? Like we're constantly thinking about those problems, about those issues. Um, and, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like that's just in our DNA. That's who we are. We want to move things forward. We want to make things better. And that's good. But how do you balance that desire, right? That hard wiring that's inside of us with also the fact that we're not defined by our careers. Like there are other things that are also important in our lives, like our family, like our friends, like our hobbies. How do you do all that? Well, I want to suggest to you today something that I was told by a very wise commander of mine back when I was, uh, I think I was a second lieutenant. Yeah, I was, I was a second lieutenant at the time. So pretty young kid. Um, you know, I had a girlfriend who was living in another state at the time. So it was just me. I was a single dude. And for me, like going to work and working for like 14 hours a day, I mean, it kind of sucked, but it wasn't really that big of a deal. Like I would, I would go to work. I would work for 12 to 14 hours. Then I would go to the gym. I would eat something, watch a movie and go to bed. Like that was kind of my life. And I, I was kind of okay with it, right? As a single dude, like that was fine with me at the time. And so the idea of this work-life balance thing, I don't know, for me, I just, it just meant a lot of work and you just kind of do whatever you can on the weekends. It wasn't until a little bit later that I started to realize the importance of what this commander told me when he was talking to me about work-life balance, right? And, and so he described it this way. Work-life balance is not where the seesaw is level the entire time, right? That's just unrealistic. He said, instead, the concept of work-life balance is where you recognize that the seesaw is going to be tipped up and down on different sides in different seasons of your life, right? There are going to be times in life where your work demands that you spend more time and more energy there, right? There are going to be times, conversely, where your family life takes precedence, right? You're going to need to spend more time, whether that's with a, a family vacation or maybe you have a, a kid who's struggling through school or maybe there's, you know, an athletic event or some something you need to be with your family or your wife or your, your husband or, or something like that. There's going to be times where your personal life, your personal responsibilities take priority. So that seesaw is never going to be perfectly level. It's always going to be moving up and down. And he said the, the, the key to him balancing his personal life with his work life was to recognize that that was always going to be the case, to communicate that, and to never let it stay out of balance for too long. And it was very insightful to me, right? And as I've grown in my personal career and as I've gotten married, as I've taken on additional responsibilities, I've, I've realized how true that really is. And so I want to break down a little bit what he said when he, when he talked about 
kind of the aspects of, of this type of model. So the first thing is to recognize, right, that there are going to be times in your life when you're going to be out of balance, right? There's, there's going to be one side of the seesaw that is higher than the other, that takes precedence, that takes priority. And that is the case all the time, right? There are going to be times where work takes priority, like if you're trying to produce a proposal or maybe you're trying to wrap something up or maybe there's a bigger problem or you've got some issues going on personnel-wise at work. Like there are going to be times where that's the case. Right. On the flip side, kind of like I mentioned earlier, there are going to be times where you need to spend more time with your family or with you, your personal goal. Maybe you're training for a race and you just need to spend more time in the mornings, uh, you know, preparing for that for a season. Or, um, you know, your family is just going to need time uh, with you during their summer vacation, right? When the kids are off and you want to spend more time with them, right? There are always going to be those types of moments as well. And so the key is not to try to keep everything level. The key is to recognize where you're at on that spectrum. You know, the key is to look back and say, uh, oh, you know, over the past week or so, I've spent a lot more time at work than I have at home, right? Or the key is to look ahead and anticipate and say, you know what, uh, we want to do a family vacation in July. And so I want to spend more time with my family in July than I do than I do at work. And it's not only looking back and acknowledging where you're at, but also anticipating what where it's going to be. Um, the next step of that as well is communicating that, right? So once you recognize that, hey, this is this is a fluid thing, it's been going up and down, you need to communicate that to all the parties involved. I remember one of the smartest things I ever did when I was a, a lieutenant, when we had a bunch of nuclear exercises that we were doing, where you would literally go on 12-hour shifts and we would go for two weeks straight. Two weeks, you're on 12-hour shifts and you're either working day shift or night shift, right? And, and the only thing that you could be focused on when you were in our unit doing a nuclear exercise is the nuclear exercise. Like you would go home to sleep, to eat, and you would come right back to work. Like that was your number one priority and everything else had to be secondary, right? When you're dealing with nuclear weapons, uh, on a nuclear ramp, like you had to be dialed in 100% of the time. And so leading up to those types of exercises or deployments or TDYs, when we would go do those types of things, I would have all my airmen in the same room. And I would say, we are about to go into a time where I need your 100% focus for an extended period of time. And I need you to go home with a week before we're actually going to go do this. I need you to go home and make sure that you and your family are ready that they understand that you're not going to be available for these next two weeks. I need you to make sure that your rent is paid, that you've got somebody to mow the lawn, that you've got all of your bills taken care of, that you have everything sorted out and ready to go so that when you're here working, you've got your 100% focus on work and everything else at home is taken care of. And so that's the idea of obviously anticipating that that work-life balance is going to be out of whack a little bit. But at the same time, it also comes down to communicating that so everybody knows. See, I think a lot of times when you see families who you know are dysfunctional, uh, at least in my experience, right, it's because nobody really knows what's going on, right? Somebody's got some priorities at work and they spent all this time at work and they don't really even know, like, are you going to come home for dinner or are are you ever going to spend time with us, right? Like there's no communication there. And, and that breakdown is unfortunate because it's so easy to fix. Communicate that, hey, I'm going into a season where I need to spend more time at home or I need to spend more time at work. I, I think that's a huge aspect to it. The final thing that I will tell you is really important when it comes to managing right that fluid aspect of work-life balance is that you have to be willing to employ countermeasures when the the seesaw has been unbalanced for for an extended period of time. Uh, this is really well illustrated when we would do exercises, right? At the end of our nuclear exercise for two weeks, we would make sure that our guys got extra time off to recoup, whether that's just from sleep, right? They probably needed some sleep, but also 
to be with their families, to make sure that everything was good, to spend some time with their kids, to go to an extra t-ball game, um, or you know, just spend time uh, on their own priorities, being with themselves for a little while. That was a very important part of our unit. And actually, one of the things that made us really unique was that we really took care of our people because we acknowledged that they spent an extra amount of time, right? Time that they wouldn't normally spend at work. And so we wanted to compensate them because we knew that that balance was not healthy, right? That they were way out of balance. And in order to bring them back in, we needed them to spend extra time alone with their family doing the things that they needed to do. And you and I need to do that same thing as well. You know, we can communicate very well and anticipate that, hey, I'm going to be at work for a lot longer than than I normally am for the next week. And so I'm going to need to spend time at work. Like, that's fine. You can communicate that. You can anticipate that. But at the end of the day, you have to still make an effort at the end of that to, to regain balance, right? And to make sure that it doesn't stay that way for a long period of time. And in fact, I think it's important to really make an effort to, to do a countermeasure, right? Where you're actually spending extra time instead with your family afterwards, right? If that's the example. Um, for me, uh, what that looks like in school. Um, so last year, about this time, I was doing nothing but studying for my board exam. And uh, I mean, I missed Christmas on my wife's side of the family. I was not even really with it when it came to anything else other than studying for boards. It's all I did over Christmas break leading into uh, the new year. And, and so after the board exam got done, right, which was important, I needed to study for it. That took priority over everything else. After the board exam was done, I took some time off, right, for myself, which was important. Like I went on a trip with some friends and I also spent extra time with my wife and making sure that we had time to go out together and spend time together. And I purposefully prioritized that over everything else. I employed those countermeasures to make sure that that balance not only corrected itself, but even overcorrected to make sure that everything stayed uh, in good flux. So guys, when it comes to work-life balance, it's fluid. It's not something that's static. It's not ever the expectation that your work life and your personal life are equally balanced. That's, that's not realistic. That's never going to happen. Instead, Focus on realizing and acknowledging the fact that your work life and your personal life are going to ebb and flow. The amount of time you spend, where your priorities are, that's always going to change. Anticipate it, communicate it, and then make sure to do whatever you need to do to make that never stay out of balance for very long. What I'll tell you from my life and my experience is that when when that happens, you're going to be somebody who can prioritize and make things happen at work and in your career when it matters, but you're also going to be somebody who's available and who's able to pursue your own personal goals and personal priorities with your family, with yourself, with your friends. You're going to be a great person who builds excellent relationships because you know how to balance and manage that. A lot of people don't know how to do that, and you can work on doing that each week in your personal life. All right, guys, that's all I've got for you today. Work-life balance, something that's been on my mind uh, over the past couple of weeks as I've been kind of navigating through dental school towards the end and getting through finals week. Uh, very important for us to, to really master if we want to go do something big in our life so we don't get burned out, but we also make sure that we continue to move forward and make steps and make progress. Guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Tune in next time. We're going to talk about feedback, how to give it, how to receive it, something that's uh, been interesting for me over the past semester because I've had a couple experiences with that. So I want to share that with you uh, in the next episode. Guys, take care. Have a great one. We'll see you soon. And until next time, keep doing big things. Big things.